It gives me a great pleasure to welcome you to this 21st IHL seminar on the implementation of international humanitarian law known as IHL seminar. The ICRC regional delegation in Pretoria is grateful to the Department of International Relations and Cooperation of the South African government which continue to accept and to offer this privilege to support co-hosting this very important event jointly with the ICRC today with the government of Botswana. I take this opportunity to thank the government of South Africa that shows very true partnership which is very important for the ICRC to advance on the humanitarian dialogue that we are looking forward from this side of the African continent as well for all the commitment to support us. And it's a big honor for the ICRC to work closely with the government of South Africa. We thank you very much. We also exceptionally thank the government of Botswana to have accepted this year to be part of this HL rotational chair, as we said it, for the regional IHL committees that we are organizing today. And more will be said around this role in the coming days to help us understand how this will happen and how the ICRC will be jointly collaborating with the, South, the government of South Africa, DIRCO, as we know, and as well as the government of Botswana to continue to co-host IHL seminar. And we thank you as well for your time, your availability to be with us today and to co-host this event for the time being as well. And I also extend my gratitude to the government represented in this room today. Without your solid commitment, this seminar will not have all the success we have been witness for the last 20, 21 years. And please accept the appreciation of the ICRC today in this room. Ladies and gentlemen, there is imperative need to enhance the IHL respect. There are a lot of challenges that we face in the field of armed conflict. And in recent years, as may we know, some regionalized conflicts have continued to draw a lot of spiral of violence and even often fueled by the IHL violations in many countries on the African continent. And this poses a lot of challenges that we continue to witness in many countries across the continent. First, the protective scope of IHL remains a major concern in current armed conflict. In fact, in many situations, states face difficulties to provide relief and face support to those who are affected by the conflict, mainly civilians trapped in the conflict zones. Thus, IHL provides for relief actions to be undertaken by other actors who have the capacity to carry them out with the support as well of the state in many countries. This proved relevant during the global COVID-19 pandemic, which had made already overstretched health system in many countries, as we saw, as they were not very well prepared to afford and confront such a global crisis. 
Also state tends to label as terrorists all acts of war committed against them by non-state armed groups, especially in non-international armed conflict. While armed conflicts and acts of terrorism are different forms of violence governed by different bodies of law, they are on the other hand considered almost equivalent to the continuing confusion in the public domain. The use of the term terrorist act in the context of armed conflict creates confusion between the two distant bodies of law. Likewise, the designation of non-state armed group as terrorist group has important implications for humanitarian engagement and can impede humanitarian action. Also, there are a lot of violations that take place in conflict zone. The factor that triggers and sustain war today appears very complex, as we know, across many contexts in Africa and around the world. However, violation that creates and increase unnecessarily human costs are very fundamental in many contexts. We continue to experience and discriminate and deliberate attacks on civilians, torture, and other forms of ill treatment, rape and other sexual violence, attacks on hospitals, medical personnel and injured themselves, hostage taking, extrajudicial and summary execution, and many others. These are the reason why IHL comes to play a role, a key role, as does the ICRC. Despite these many challenges, the potential of IHL to mitigate the consequences of armed conflict for individuals, families, communities is unique, and positive examples are so many and abound over time. Improving the protection of civilians in armed conflict depends on respecting, implementing, and applying international humanitarian law. And the constant priority of the ICRC is to ensure that IHL can adequately respond to the realities of modern warfare and offer protection to the victim of armed conflict. In recent years, military legal advisors from different states became more involved in promoting IHL respect on the battlefield. And I've been discussing with some recently, showing these good cases that we're really looking forward to see it continuing for the time being. Clearance of anti-personal landmines, risk ed education for affected communities, and assistance to mine victims continue, appears as dead parties to the anti-personal mine ban convention fulfill their obligations. Tens of thousands of detainees linked to the armed conflict have remained in contact with their relatives. Prisoners of war are released and repatriated, and the remains were returned to relatives and their family members. It is for these reasons that the ICRC continues to advocate for the promotion and full implementation of IHL, because Respect for IHL makes the difference. The discussion will take place during this week 
will also make the difference because we have stakeholders coming from different countries and who have capacity as well to influence on the law and to promote IHL in different respective countries meeting here during this week. What is the program for this year's IHL seminar? The program for this year has been designed with the theme of the seminar in mind, international humanitarian law, an African perspective on contemporary global challenges. Sessions will focus on reflection on IHL from all African perspective and its application in the Southern African region. We will have the opportunity to reflect on current and topical themes in IHL such as disarmament, peacekeeping and security generally and from a gender perspective have uh, from African perspective as well around the IHL the thematic that we are discussing this week. And the seminar will also include key discussions on the current humanitarian challenges posed by private military security companies that start raising in many contexts as well as climate change and the humanitarian consequences of non-adherence to international humanitarian law. Participants will also reflect on revitalizing a very useful tool for the implementation of international humanitarian law at the domestic level, which consists of national IHL committees. We will share the outcome of the two sub-regional round tables that were held this year on how to strengthen these committees and how to encourage their efficiencies and fruitfulness. Before I conclude, I would like to share with you some story I experienced myself some years ago, which is very much linked to what we are doing here. I was assigned for the ICRC in Eastern Chad in 2007-2008. And I was overseeing ICRC relief operations in that very specific country, affected by armed conflict and other situation of violence. And I remember one morning, very shining morning, like this one today, I was going to the field, we call field, where we go to meet those who are affected by the conflict, to provide humanitarian relief and to help them to at least address their basic needs. Now on my way, I was with my field officers from Chad and different foreign nationalities as well joining me in the team that I was going to support. And we had many ICRC trucks loaded with humanitarian relief going to the specific directions where we had to provide to the need of internal displaced populations. But on the way, I was called back by the ICRC office saying there is a war taking place, confrontations in the destination where I was going, heading with my team. And I had to stop on the way and to take the executive decision to say all the trucks loaded with humanitarian relief must go back to our logistics center. Because moving with the trucks was very heavy. We had numbers of trucks behind to go to assist these communities. Then we discussed with the ICRC leadership in the country, and we agreed that I'm going to transform 
my relief mission to start evacuating those who have been injured, children caught in that specific fight, pregnant women, lactating mothers, elders, and those who could not work and seek people to get them in the safer areas. Now what attracted really my attention I would like to share with you. I saw coming from the bush a man having my age and holding a young boy, his son, around two years old. And the boy died from the back of his mother, who got a bullet during the confrontation, and the bullet even injured the, son, the young son, two years old, and all, you know, stomach was open outside, and this young boy was in the midst between life and death. I had to talk to the drivers to take this young boy, young boy very, very fast to the hospital. And we're so lucky to have some humanitarian doctors in the surrounding areas with very good surgeons as well who could deliver surgery to this son, to this boy, to help him to regain the life, to recover. This picture never left my mind. It is very old picture, 2007, but I live continuously with this picture in my mind. We took the son to the hospital, and I spoke to these foreign doctors, good surgeons, and they took care of the young son. To be honest, I don't know about the young son because I moved out, I've been moving, in many countries afterwards. But I wanted to say today, when there is an ownership of the IHL in the country by different stakeholders who are taking decisions to engage or to not engage in hostilities, they must apply the rule of IHL. It's very important. This woman who lost a life was not taking side in hostilities. She was just a civilian in the village. And this man did not even take side in hostilities. He was just a farmer from the place. But the war came to separate this woman, the loved one by her husband and the son, and to create a lot of atrocities that this family is living from. I believe that in this room, we have capacities to engage, to mobilize, to support IHL, and to make it a very active tool that can be used to better prepare, to better disseminate the communities to understand. Because many situations like this happen in Africa. I have a lot of colleagues here who I've been discussing with them in the past, this in the military operations, and they know what I'm saying, how it is so difficult to live in these condi conditions and to witness such atrocities. But my call today is to say, we together can make the difference. We together can help this situation to not happen in many countries. Africa today has one third of the countries affected by the war. But if we take right decision, if we influence positively decision makers, 
around the IHL, we will see the difference raising in the African continent. And this is a very collective decision. It's also the very collective uh, collaboration that we need from this IHL. I would like to thank you all for your strong commitment to the seminar, as well as international uh, humanitarian law that we are going to discuss for these days. On behalf of the ICRC regional delegation, I wish you the best in your kind and candid discussions on very important issues. I look forward as well to reading the final report of this IHL seminar because we need to disseminate with the other stakeholders within and outside the ICRC to show that we are very committed to move forward. And I'm looking as well forward to engage ICRC in this continuous partnership with all of you and with the state of South Africa and the state of Botswana and all the government here around to let raising the flag of IHL on the African continent. I thank you very much for your attention.